Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Turf Show Times, the instant reaction podcast. I'm Kenneth Arthur with me every week. Right after the Rams game is Blaine Didasco, also known as the fiasco of Turf Show Times. And tonight we get to come to you after the fourth Rams win of the season out of five attempts. I call that 80%, which is pretty good if you're a baseball player or even if you're a basketball player. And definitely if you're a football team, if you can win four out of five games, that's pretty successful. And for the Rams... Uh, to go on the road and take an NFC West victory away from a team. It kind of makes up for the loss to the NFC West team on Sunday to some degree. We'll see what happens between the Cardinals and 49ers this Sunday. But the Rams beat the Seahawks 26 to 17 in Seattle on Thursday night football ups and downs. Tonight, me and Blaine are going to give grades for the Rams in the first half and the second half. Talk about the different ways that they played throughout the game and whether or not the Rams even played a good game or not. We're going to talk about what the play was that turned the momentum of the game, the, the really the key play of the game for everything. We're going to talk about the big night for Robert Woods, uh, the Rams penalties. Is that an issue? And also we're going to do some predictions for the NFC West. Now that we've gotten through five games of the season, uh, Blaine, I will put it to you. Just uh, straightforward, you know, the Rams, like I said, they got a win over the Seahawks, who were supposed to be a good team coming into the season. Um, sort of the jury's out now that they're two and three, not looking very good. Uh, but and now we don't know the status of Russell Wilson moving forward as he leaves this game in the middle of the second half with a pretty uh bad looking finger injury. And Matthew Stafford also suffered a finger injury, but didn't come out of the game. But Blaine. Did the Rams play good tonight? They played well enough to get the win. They played better than they did last week, but I think in a good way, not up to their full potential yet. Um, so I think uh, that's a good thing to look forward to, especially in the first half, right? I think the, in the first half, they looked a lot like the offense, especially looked a lot like we did last week. Uh, but good news is that this week we were able to tighten it up in the second half. Stafford finishes the game 25 of 37 for 365 yards. He did have a touchdown. He did have an interception in the end zone there by Seattle safety Quandre Diggs. Uh, so this game, last game, it's uh, like we say, it's not too uncommon for a quarterback to have, you know, uh, a, a couple bad throws. But do you have any concerns here with the fact that, I mean, some of Stafford's throws are, are, are in a different stadium. I mean, yeah. where is, I don't know where he's not even close sometimes. Yeah. 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 That's um, right. So that uh, interception in the end zone, I'm sure gave a lot of Rams fans flashbacks to last season, last couple of seasons when it, when it's gone awry like that. 
so that was not good. And uh, you know, Stafford said in the in the post game that it wasn't even a matter of miscommunication. Maybe looking for was Jefferson to cut back towards the pylon. It was just you know a throwaway that wasn't a good throwaway. So you know, a very sort of uh, rookie mistake for a veteran. So that that can happen. Mm-hmm. Luckily, he made it up with some in the second half with some good throws. I think that uh, Daryl Henderson is playing some of the best football of his career since returning from his rib cartilage injury uh, up to about six yards per carry really here in the last two games Uh, and Sonny Michelle, you know, he got a lot of touches or wasn't as impactful. It did have a couple of nice runs there and helped to the Rams there on that one drive that uh, where he got every pretty much every play. So uh, what were your thoughts on the Rams run game this week? Yeah. Uh, Henderson looked good. Michelle, Sony Michelle came in and, you know, I think we're all thinking, is he going to, you know, come in and, you know, make up for his fumble, his critical fumble last week against the Cardinals. And to me, he did, you know, it looked like he came back, you know, running with a vengeance, running with intent uh, and he sure did uh, keep us moving as he was spelling Henderson, who also had a also had a good game. Uh, Got to credit the offensive line. You know, another another good game. We're, we're getting the push and creating the lanes. Uh, but Michelle and uh, Henderson made a good combination tonight. Yeah, the offensive line again uh, doing its job. I was a little worried going into the season that Stafford might take more sacks than Jared Goff just by the nature of his game. But really he, he doesn't, uh, that doesn't really happen very often. He sacked one time tonight. And uh, that seems to be about maybe the average that he's in, on pace for is, you know, maybe zero, one, two sacks a night. And, you know, that's a credit to Stafford's ability to get rid of the balls to staff, uh, a credit to the offensive line. Uh, the running game again is a credit to the offensive line. Interesting to see what the Rams will do moving forward with so much uncertainty in 2022 in that area. But for now, they don't have to worry about it. Um, receiving wise, Sean McVay had said last week to, took responsibility for Robert Woods not getting as many targets. And I thought maybe this would be too soon. Could he really be telling the Seahawks right up front? I'm yeah. gonna just be throwing the ball at Robert Woods. And really, uh, Blaine, he said, it's like they said, yep, because you can't stop it. So who cares? And uh, he had 14 targets, 12 catches, 150 yards. Uh, This is the second time that Robert Woods had 150 yards or more against the Seahawks. The other time coming as a member of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Thoughts on Robert Woods? Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he did what he was supposed to do. And, you know, McVeigh, you know, did his thing as far as, you know, orchestrating this type of attack. Um, yeah, Robert Woods came up big tonight. And I, I tell you what I like about that is that over the last uh, four games, we've had now three leading receivers uh, with Cooper Cup being our leading receiver in the first couple games in terms of yards. Deshaun Jackson had the most yards against the Bucks, mm-hmm. and Jefferson led, led the receivers uh, last week. So now with Woods being the leading receiver in this game, now looking ahead, the Rams now have four receivers that can be the primary target uh, uh, in any game. So I think it was really good. Uh, and we all know that Robert Woods has this potential and you can run the offense through Robert Woods almost as well as you can Cooper Cup. But to put it into action like this, especially like you said, when we gave him the heads up uh, was, you know, was impressive. Uh, I still think that uh, this is uh, Matthew Stafford 
getting used to having this many weapons, but still it's a good challenge for Stafford and McVeigh to figure out how to distribute and how to use these targets, but maybe not within a game, maybe within the season, like we're seeing, we're gonna see a rotation of primary targets and it's gonna be hard for defense to know who to key on. Yeah, I mean, and uh, Tyler Higby caught a touchdown tonight and uh, he was only targeted two times. Uh, but even he can probably, uh, you know, we know that he'll be targeted sometimes five, six times a night. And sometimes even he may lead the team in receiving yardage. Um, and so this is without even getting, there are those, those nights now where, yeah, you have Van Jefferson. He's the guy that gets, someone's going to get left out uh, perhaps, you know, and uh, even with Stafford getting 365 yards, there's only so much to go around, especially when you do have, you know, Cooper Cup there and Robert Woods there. And tonight was Robert Woods' chance to shine uh, defensively. Do you have any standouts on the defense tonight? Well, right, standout as far as uh, positive standouts. Yeah, let's start on the positive end. Let's start with Leonard Floyd. Uh, and then let's start where the game started. In the first quarter, the first one that jumped out at us that was you know, creating problems for the offense, for the Seahawks offense, was Leonard Floyd. He seemed to be getting off the edge quick, the first one to be causing Russell Wilson stress. Um, so I thought, you know, and eventually the rest of the – Pass rushers, Aaron Donald got a sack. Uh, so I'd say Leonard Floyd jumped out as probably the standout uh, for the defense. Yeah, and, you know, Terrell Lewis was another guy who had a few nice plays, and he seems to be racking up and uh, stacking up better and better games, um, or at least, you know, just the fact that he's out there is good. You just need to find somebody else because – I think the big issue for the Rams, especially in that fourth quarter against Geno Smith, no pressure whatsoever. Um, and you never really, you know, when, when you had guys, it was, you would think, well, maybe Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson, they're just running away from it. But Geno Smith, he doesn't seem to have any athleticism uh, and he was fine. And there was no pressure at all day. It really, you know, I watch a lot of college football I track the quarterbacks because I'm just so fascinated by the draft and the quarterbacks in the draft. And I watch them and, you know, you just got so many of these guys who put up insanely good numbers and then you just watch the film and it's almost boring because they just take the, you know, they're in the empty set and they just stand back there and they take it and they slowly turn their bodies to the side and then they just loft it up in the air and it falls into some open receivers hands and they were playing against a bad school and there you have it. And that's how Geno Smith looked against the Rams. You know, you're not supposed to look that way when you have Aaron Donald taking up, you know, sucking up so much attention. Where is the rest of the pass rush? So, you know, Terrell Lewis had a sack tonight. Donald had a sack tonight, uh, as well as three QB hits. Um, as you say, Leonard Floyd, he can get pressures, but, and he can affect passes and he can, and he, we saw him in the run game tonight, but where, you know, it's the same thing with so many other, uh, players sometimes who, who get drafted, you know, get these high draft picks. And then all of a sudden when the sacks aren't there, we start going, yeah, they're, but they're good in other ways. Uh, you know, it's like, oh yeah, but they affect the passes and the stuff. And it's like, yeah, but we praise Aaron Donald 
in large part because of all these freaking sacks that he can get and really actually impact the play mm-hmm. immediately. Um, do you, who do you think is the most likely? Obviously, Leonard Floyd had 10 and a half sacks last season, but so many of them were bunched up in games, you know, against Seattle. He didn't have any tonight, but uh, against the Seahawks and Bears last year, uh, between like Floyd or, or Lewis or somebody else, Blaine, what do you think you look for uh, with regards to pass rushing help? Yeah, I mean, this is where we, you know, we kind of remember that we had a guy named Justin Hollins that was kind of on his way to, you know, maybe being that guy. Uh, so I think, you know, I think the jury's still out. Uh, Oboe had flashes tonight and he was involved on a few plays. Uh, but otherwise, you know, we're going to keep looking for, you know, Terrell Lewis and, and Oboe to, to, to take up that spot. Uh, but, you know, also in the interior, uh, I like Greg Gaines. I like what he's doing. You know, he's not getting home or showing up uh, on the stat sheet. But he, if, you, if you watch, he's, he's affecting the plays. He's, he's getting in the, in the backfield. So if not this season, uh, I see potential in Greg Gaines. I like when he's out there. Yeah, it's uh, another area to look to because um, the other thing just seemed to be that in addition to not getting any pressure, the Rams also um, weren't able to cover the Seahawks receivers as often as a, as a team would like right. from cornerbacks. So uh, David Long out, Robert Rochelle, you're in. Yep. Not, you know, and, and the solution worked about as well as you would have expected, right. you know, so, uh, and then Darius Williams also leaves the game with an injury because Taylor Rapp accidentally hits him in the head. So that also kind of everything's kind of seems to be going the way, you know, the implosion that the things seem to be going in. Um, I guess, number one, is there a solution that you see to this happening now? Is there any way to fix this now? Yeah, that's tough, right? Like you said, last last week, it, you know, midseason, uh, it, it gets tough. Um, uh, we didn't we didn't sign Stefan Gilmore. So that's out. Um, uh, but at least we saw progress in the way of coaching changes. We, you know, David Long, like you said, David Long out. We at least get a look at Robert Rochelle. He gets a chance to, to play the full game and, and, and see what he can do. One nice pass breakup against Tyler Lockett in the end zone for Robert Rochelle. Uh, but, you know, I don't know if that makes up for the amount of times that he got beat uh, by one by DK Metcalf for the touchdown. So, you know, like you said, I think it was a bit of exactly what we expected. You know, at least we saw the change. It, it's, it, I guess it would be hard to, to be any worse than what we've seen from David Long, and it wasn't, but still it wasn't a vast improvement. So uh, it's, it's going to be tricky unless we see some development, some quick development from Rochelle, and uh, hopefully we get Darius Williams back. Hopefully he's, he's all right. Uh, we can, you know, at least yeah. damage control. So how would you, uh, if you were to give the uh, Rams offense with Matthew Stafford a grade in the first half and a grade in the second half, uh, how would how do you think you would uh, assign those marks? And uh, yeah, in the first in the first half, it's it's got to be a, a C, if not maybe a C minus. And uh, this is really sort of compared to the potential. Matthew Stafford, you know, we all expect more from him than missing these you know these gimme throws right in the mid range. Uh, so C in the first half, B plus in the second half, uh, and that goes that uh, higher grade uh, goes very much to the run game. Offensive line, the run game helps with the higher grade, especially as it comes down to clock management. 
but everybody tightened it up in the uh, in the second half. So B plus second half. And uh, yeah, that's a fair evaluation, I think. You know, and also we just really don't know what these three four day turnarounds uh, really do on the body. What what impact you can really have. You know, if anybody out there, you know, exercises regularly, you know, it's uh, difficult or, you know, if you're tired, if you have to all of a sudden have half as much rest, right, it's got to be harder, right? Uh, I'm not, a, I don't really, I'm not an exercise expert, <laughs> but, uh, um, uh, but this, what about the defense uh, on Thursday night, first half, second half grades? Uh, defense, uh, it was, um, you know, again, better than last week. And then, you know, one, uh, I think from first half to second half, maybe an even grade, but I think the way to slice the defensive defenses grade this week really is up front versus in the secondary. Uh, because like you said, you know, up front, we did, we did okay. Uh, in the, uh, in the secondary is where we were getting beat. Uh, I think the indicator would be, you know, you got, uh, uh, five receivers uh, that had catches of 20 yards or more. That's too many big play uh, pass yardage, too many big plays to be given up by the secondary. So I think uh, that's the big hole. Uh, so maybe, uh, you know, maybe they even each other out, C, C for first and second, C plus first and second half. Yeah. And, uh, at least improvement from last week. And if you're, you're, you know, for the, for the Rams defense, really, you look at it, these are their drives against the Seahawks offense uh, with Russell Wilson on Thursday night. First drive, 32 yards punt. Then next drive, 51 yards turnover on downs. Next drive, 13 yards interception. Next drive, three plays, 83 yards touchdown. Uh, that includes the 47-yard defensive pass interference against Robert Rochelle. So it took a huge 50-yard penalty. Uh, for really for that drive to happen next drive uh, 55 yards. And that was the missed field goal before the end of the half Seahawks then have an opportunity, you know, the Seahawks had an opportunity at this time to go up, you know, in a best case scenario for them, uh, 21 to three, because they had the ball, they were driving at the end of the half. They didn't get the touchdown settled for the field goal attempt, missed the field goal attempt, get the ball to start the second half. And the Rams uh, only allow 19 yards, force them to punt. And then one yard punt, negative four yards punt. And that's all with Russell Wilson. And then Geno Smith comes into the game, 98 yards touchdown. What were your thoughts on that Geno Smith drive? Credit to Geno Smith. I mean, that's, you know, that's exactly what you hope a backup to look like. Uh, so, you know, he did great. I think, I think, you know, a little bit of underestimating the backup, um, the, the Rams defense, you know, our strength last season, uh, was the ability to cover well in the secondary and make an impact with four rushers. Uh, so that's kind of look what it looked like while we're dealing with Geno Smith. Like you said, we didn't get to him. He had all day to pass. And again, I think all day our secondary was lacking, so that's what it looked like to me it was, uh, you know, no pressure and uh, weak coverage. Uh, but I give also credit to Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. They played well tonight and, you know, and earned their yards. But again, we're not looking our best as far as coverage goes. Yeah, there are some holes to uh, shore up for sure. 
you mentioned, you know, the Rams having different leading receivers uh, week in and week out and being able to spread that ball around. Um, and uh, let's talk about the moment of the game. What do you think was the play that really turned everything here in the Rams' favor? Uh, it was, again, uh, once again, Deshaun Jackson on a deep ball. Uh, but uh, now that we've seen so many of these, at least attempts, uh, we saw, you know, we saw the one against the, the Buccaneers where we hit. Uh, we saw, I don't know, what, two or three underthrows or we're going for it. So, uh, again, uh, underthrown. Uh, but Deshaun Jackson, like the pro and the veteran he is, I thought uh, he tracked that ball, you know, whether he was anticipating the underthrow or not. Uh, he tracked it, he anticipated it, he adjusted. And so I give a lot of that credit to that big play, that game-changing play to Deshaun Jackson, uh, getting downfield with his speed, tracking that ball, making the adjustment. Uh, if I had to critique that play at all, did it look like he ran out of gas at the end? Yes. It looked like he had given up, right? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That uh, is uh, something that I don't know if, if yeah, I don't know if uh, Deshaun Jackson would address that, but uh, and you don't want to like say it because I mean, could you? I mean, I don't know. I mean, could you be that gassed he at, at from running down the field? I, I have no idea what it's like to play football. I guess, but <laughs> and, and but also be a world class athlete. But who knows what condition he's in? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I don't know, you could say maybe maybe uh, earlier in his career, uh, you know, he could hit that button, turn that corner, it looked like he had some real estate ahead of him. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, it was the game-changing play, and because the, the ball was not, uh, you know, the thing is, if it was put out in front of him, like in these other plays where he's behind the defense, you had Jamal Adams, who was behind and where he was supposed to be. So if the ball was thrown out in front, that play might not have it might not have happened. Yeah. Uh, so it just happened in, a, in in the right way. But Deshaun Jackson was ready for it. So nonetheless, uh, score or not, they end up scoring on that drive anyway. Uh, it was the game changing play. Totally. I mean, at th those are the types of plays and throws where it's like if, if you didn't, you know, if you couldn't see the color of the jerseys you might think that was intercepted because it's one of those ones where it's like, oh, clearly someone has to stop and go back for the ball. Uh, but it did work out that uh, Deshaun Jackson was the one who um, made that pick, as it were. But, uh, yeah, so the Rams do improve to 4-1 and one and have a two-game lead over the Seahawks, which is, you know, pretty – promising given that uh you know the seahawks had won the division last year now clearly seattle has taken a step back where whereas you know the rams have taken a step step forward with stafford no no doubt you know there's times when this offense like we're talking about the deshaun jackson play when you talk about watching cooper cub and robert woods and, and stafford when they're all everything's going well and we're talking about the offensive line that daryl henderson you know, this does feel like a team where offensively, uh, if you're if you're looking at the league and going, oh, yeah, you need to score 30 points a game to win, you would think you go, okay, great. Well, I do think that the Rams have the pieces there to do that. That being said, they only scored 26 points tonight. So it's like, I don't, I, you know, what happens when it's like, yeah, the Rams are good, but they're not good enough uh, when you get to the playoffs and you're facing a team that's just also has as much firepower, but maybe doesn't have as many holes, weaknesses on defense. And, and you know, the Rams will change as the, as the season goes on, as will every team. 
but Blaine, I mean, like, where do you stand in terms of like, is the, are the Rams at a place right now where the offense is good enough to always keep the team in the game? Uh, no, uh, people like to talk about, you know, in a good way or compared to the Buccaneers last season uh, because of the Super Bowl expectations. Uh, but, you know, the Buccaneers didn't quite find their rhythm uh, and they were a team that developed throughout the season. So, you know, I, I believe in that comparison. And so I, I don't think that the Rams are, you know, hitting their stride yet. Uh, you know, it used to be a four, a four game preseason. And now you have these guys who don't play at all in the preseason. So this, in a lot of ways, represents the first or the fourth game where all the starters are playing four quarters. Um, you know, not to make any excuses, but uh, it's kind of what it is, and which means that uh, they should be they should be operating enough to be winning these games. But still, uh, it's expected that they're still figuring things out, especially with a new quarterback, uh, finding timing, uh, learning about his new his new receivers. The Rams have a nice uh, three game stretch ahead of them. Four uh, four games, well, three game stretch of um, you know teams that might not be as imposing as the last three that we faced. So that may give us an opportunity to gain some confidence, work some things out. Uh, but of course, you know, no team can be overlooked. But our last three uh, was you know uh, some pretty good opponents. Yep, the Rams uh, at four and one next traveled to face the New York Giants next week and then host Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions in week seven and then go to the Houston Texans on Halloween in week eight. So yeah, you go Daniel Jones, Jared Goff and uh, perhaps Davis Mills in week eight, much different than the last three, Brady, Murray, Wilson, uh, maybe right. Geno Smith was just like a, a an appetizer of the the upcoming quarterback situations to be like okay here's an early reprieve, uh, uh, but then it's uh, the Titans and the 49ers. Speaking of the 49ers, uh, Blaine, maybe go out on a plank here with me. We'll walk the plank and uh, take a chance, take a risk, uh, and and maybe make some predictions here. We've we've got. Five games for these two teams, four games for the Cardinals and 49ers, maybe an updated NFC West standings prediction. Um, and maybe we'll just go team by team, starting with the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, I'll go first. I think that based on what I've seen from the 49ers so far this season, uh, I, I had some thoughts just before the year, having seen them in training camp, I uh, had some thoughts that uh, this quarterback situation is pretty bad and people don't really uh, seem to know that. And mm. now we've seen just how bad it is for the 49ers who are two and two lost to the Seahawks just on Sunday uh, lost to the Packers, but you know, and, and they, they kept up with the Packers, uh, but I don't think we've yet to see a good game out of the 49ers. I'm going to say that they are on track for a surprising maybe six and eleven season. Uh, what do you say? Uh, yeah, I would agree at least for uh, for next week. Uh, I don't see them beating the Arizona Cardinals. You're right that you have the 49ers, a team that still figuring stuff out, starting with their most important position uh, versus the Cardinals, who are you know are not figuring out their quarterback position. Uh, but in fact, finding a rhythm with some of their new weapons in addition to that. 
So we both say uh, around a six and 11 there for the 49ers. What would you say for the Seahawks after having uh, seen them firsthand tonight? We don't know the current situation with Russell Wilson, who leaves the game with what appeared to be a, a dislocated or a broken finger on his throwing hand. Um, but where are your thoughts right now, having seen the Seahawks who, who fall to two and three? Yeah, I mean, uh, let's say um, if uh, if the Seahawks, uh, if Russell Wilson is is good to go, um, then I think uh, uh, you know I'd say maybe uh, uh, ten wins, ten nine wins. They got uh, Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Steelers coming up next, uh, and that you know they might squeeze out a win there. The the Saints and Jack. So they got you know like like the Rams, they got um, a nice stretch ahead of them where. Again, maybe not as imposing as the Titans or the or the Niners or the Rams that they that they just played. So maybe a bit of leeway there to figure some stuff out. Maybe get over uh, injury to Russell Wilson if that's the case. Uh, but otherwise, um, yeah, I think they're going to have a hard time against the Cardinals um, again against the 49ers um, when they see them next. I pretty I feel pretty good about yeah. the Rams at home on round two. Yeah, I think that if you, I think that you're right around on, uh, yeah, nine or 10 wins sounds about right to me be based on the schedule. And if Russell Wilson is able to uh, play fairly normally, looking at the Arizona Cardinals, looking at their upcoming schedule, you know, if we did see a potential downfall for the 49ers and the Seahawks, if Russell Wilson were out, or if the Seahawks are just having a poor season, you know, the Cardinals still have four games left against both of those teams. It could be that for the Rams and the Cardinals, if those two other teams really fell off in any degree, you know, maybe for the NFC West and it wouldn't be that bad for them. Uh, but we'll see whether or not that plays always divisional games are, are difficult, but the Cardinals have those two games remaining against the 49ers, two games remaining against the Seahawks. They also play, the Lions, the Colts, the Bears, the Texans. Um, those would all be games against teams that maybe don't seem all that uh, terrifying right now. And then the other five games are against the Browns, the Packers, the Panthers, who may or may not be for real, the Rams and the Cowboys. So I could see the Cardinals winning more than half of those games and maybe coming out of this season with a 12 and five record. What do you think? Yeah, I think, I think that's about, I think that's about right. I mean, they've got off to, you know, to a, a four game, a hot four game start. So given that start, then I think 12 games is, is a fair prediction. Uh, yeah. The, the Panthers will be, will be a good look. Uh, and then, you know, who knows what the Cowboys are going to look like that late in the season week 17, but, uh, but otherwise, you know, we plan the Rams will, plan to get them on our second meeting so that'll be a loss <laughs> yeah there you go you know uh that game uh will be in arizona so uh that would have to be a payback for that one but what would you say about the rams are we both in agreement that the rams still look like the first place team aka more than 12 wins 
Uh, hard to say. I mean, I, I honestly, it's closer now uh, yeah. than you know now the way that the way that the Cardinals are shaping up. So of course, to start the season, um, then they're the the clear projected favorites in the NFC West. Uh, but to be honest, you know, it, it uh, today was uh, was a pro- was progress was uh, was encouraging. But I got to give a lot of credit to the Cardinals, and until you know until we see them. Uh, falter uh, like we saw we saw the Rams do they got the momentum uh, I might not give it give them the edge but I gotta say it's got to be at least even at this point you know I gotta say and I don't know if uh, some you know fans may not like me even saying this because you're like oh don't look ahead even beyond the next game but looking at the schedule, it's not that crazy to think that the Rams could be 11 and one or 10 and two even if they just play really good even if they just play pretty good you know uh now that they're four and one the rams then have giants lions texans which we talked about they could be seven and one getting through that part of the schedule then you got titans at home titans aren't that good you know they they've had a couple of good years here in the past uh certainly derrick henry and uh and aj brown and julio jones it's it's enough to make you think that the Titans could certainly win that game um, more than, you know, 40 times out of a hundred, but it's a winnable game. And then the 49ers, as we said, if their problems are as big as we uh, expect at quarterback, the way they look, it's not that crazy to think about being in the 49ers. And then you could go into the bye week with a seven and one, or excuse me, a nine and one record, I think. Um, and then you've got pa- the bye week and then they've got ad Packers, which of course is one of the, the tougher games. And then all of a sudden back home against the Jaguars. And that's going to be probably the easiest game of the year, maybe. Um, so all that being said, uh, Blaine, I, yeah, I, it'll be interesting going into the December or the final month. Now to play a regular season game in January 9th, which is crazy. Um, but even then it seems like, yeah, those, it's not that hard to expect maybe that the Rams will be competing for that number one seed in December, uh, playing that game against the Cardinals on Monday night football in week 14 could be like advertised by then as like, Hey, this is the game of the year for the NFC. Oh yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's going to feel like, uh, you know, like that late, uh, late Seahawks matchup last season, where it will be for mm-hmm. uh, playoff standings, it will be for the division. Yeah, I think you're right. That's what that uh, second Cardinals meeting is going to end up being. Uh, I agree. Going into Green Bay is always tough, and I also think going into Baltimore, uh, it you know mm-hmm. will be will be challenging. So uh, you know we'll have to play our best and look our best by then, which is great because that'll be getting warmed up for the playoffs. Yes. And uh, 10 days off uh, starting now and uh, no days off at turf show times. So uh, subscribe to the podcast and keep checking back turfshowtimes.com for uh, plenty of articles covering the game and uh, talking about what happened and winners and losers and predictions and all that kind of stuff. So head on over to turf show times. Uh, if you're using social media, follow Turf Show Times. It'll be so easy to find on any of those apps. Blaine, hit him with your final thoughts. Final thoughts is again Seahawks Rams round one for this year was as expected, but as the Rams fans expected, come back from last week, bounce back game, got the job done, got the W, four and one.
That's it for this episode of Turf Show Times Radio, the podcast. I'm Kenneth Arthur. That's Blaine Didasco. And come back next time for a new episode.